Welcome to Fear and Greed, the week ahead. This is where we take a look at the big events, reports and releases coming up this week that give insight into the economy and a look back at what happened last week too. I'm Sean Aylmer and every Monday I'm joined for the week ahead by economist Stephen Kukoulis. You'll find him at thekook.com, T-H-E-K-O-U-K, my favourite word to spell, T-H-E-K-O-U-K.com and on Twitter using the handle thekook. Stephen, good morning. A very good morning to you, Sean. I know you can't wait to talk about the week coming up, but let's talk about last week quickly first. Inflation. What did you reckon of that number? Yeah, it came pretty much bang on expectations. You know, the, I'll talk about the annual figures. The annual figure for the headline rate was 3.8%. You might think, wow, that's a very strong lift in inflation. But we've got to remember that things like childcare costs rose by about 2,000%. That's because they were basically free a year ago in the depths of the pandemic, and they've just reverted back to where they were. So That's why just about everybody ignored the headline figure and instead focused on the trimmed mean or the underlying measures of inflation. And they showed a little bit of a pickup. You know, it's still below the RBA's 2 to 3% target. They were increasing around about 1.6, 1.7%, depending on which one you used, up from about 1.25% six to nine months ago. So in a sense, there is just this little bit of a pulse in the inflation rate. But of course, we're still a long way from the two to three target, as I just mentioned. We need the economy to be growing you know, for a good year or more above trend. We need the unemployment rate to be below 5% for their inflation figures to be you know, at, at that comfortable level that they'd even vaguely consider adjusting interest rates. And of course, the sitting lockdowns isn't going to add to inflation. That's the other thing. Again, I think a lot of the numbers and the analysts and market economists are looking at the data right now and thinking, well, hey, these are sort of uh, where we were pre the Sydney lockdown in particular, but even the mini lockdowns in South Australia and Victoria. But yeah, clearly it's the Sydney one. I've seen different estimates where New South Wales state product, like the state domestic product, if you know what I mean, is going to be down about 7% in the September quarter. Uh, And that is a third of the Australian economy. So national GDP is probably going to be around about minus 2% for the September quarter. Well, that's a that's a big hit. And that's obviously dominating what was fabulous news on, on the economy up until uh, three or four weeks ago. Now we've got to digest probably you know, a quarter or so of disappointing news. The unemployment rate's inevitably going to jump in the next two or three months. And then we've got to really sit back and think, well, when the lockdowns end, when we've got the greater vaccination rates going through society, then will we return to that growth path that was seeing the unemployment on track to the low 4%? Yeah, that's but that's an argument for probably three or four or five months away. Okay. The the one thing that has happened in the last two or three weeks is that the steam has come out of the argument about interest rates needing to be lifted in late 2022-2023. Yeah, look, I think that's a dead duck now. And it did have credibility a few weeks ago because we were seeing even global conditions uh, starting to improve or continuing to improve, I should say, that the global economy was giving Australia a bit of a helping hand. And here domestically, we had had that strength in the economy that led you know, some, some good forecasters out there thinking that the RBA would have to you know, revisit its its pledge to keep rates steady till 2024. I think right now, even, even at the RBA, they're going through this process of thinking, well, we, we've just got to do nothing in a sense in terms of certainly tightening until we just get through this lockdown in New South Wales, until we get some sort of confirmation that this vaccination rate is going to allow society to return to some sort of normalcy. Well, that was last week. In a moment, I'll be back with Stephen Kukoulis to talk about what's coming up this week. 
Stephen, the first week of the month is always very exciting for you, and this week I can tell is going to be extremely exciting, but it's also exciting for me. Do you know why? No. Why is that, Sean? Because it's no longer dry July, and (laughs) I've been very proud of myself over the last four weeks. I almost did it, and as a result, or I mean, not that I kind of tend to drink very much anyway, but I just don't have to put any restrictions on, and it's pretty exciting. And you know what? You don't have to be an excessive drinker to be enjoying just a beer or a glass of wine at the end of the day too. So I had a dry Monday, I think, once, but I can't remember which Monday it was. But (laughs) anyway. I I reckon by the end of this week, you'll need a drink because there's so much going on. This week's huge. And it's all all about the RBA. We've got the board meeting tomorrow on Tuesday. Again, as we were just saying prior to the break, what's their view on the economy and the effect of these lockdowns? I dare say that will be the sole focus of analysts' views on what the RBA is saying, and clearly it's going to be negative. The assessment will be how negative is the RBA viewing it, and related to that is, well, will there be any further policy change? Will they just revisit this wine back in the bond buying that was there last month uh, when they went from the $5 billion a week to $4 billion? Will they just ramp that up a bit as a signal that they're continuing to provide plenty of liquidity in the system? Look, in a sense, I don't think that matters much for, for tomorrow's meeting. Uh, as, and again, as we've just been saying, it really matters over the next couple of months when the lockdowns yeah. end, what the hit to the economy from the lockdowns has been, and whether we're going to get that pickup. And even the RBA doesn't know that yet. Also, Governor Philip Lowe's talking or appearing before the House of Reps Committee later in the week, which means we'll get an even better insight into what he's thinking. Uh, yes, it's always a lot of entertainment. There's a couple of good people on that House of Reps committee that, that give him a bit of a hard time from Andrew Lee and Tim Wilson from either side of the political fence. So they always like uh, to give the governor a bit of a, a tough time. Look, they'll quiz him on, you know, the, the again, I suppose, how uh, they've missed their inflation target yet again with the inflation numbers that came out last week and what their view on the unemployment wage inflation linkages are. That's an important part of that whole sort of more medium-term process of of getting the economy back on track in a, in a sustained sort of way. And I dare say there's going to be a lot of questions on housing affordability. You know, we saw Labor announce the ditching of their negative gearing reforms, uh, which of course would have put a bit of a damper on house prices had they got up at the last election. So, and, and we know housing is such a uh, you know, hot button issue for the electorate, for politicians and the like, and certainly Tim Wilson's very big on the housing yep, yep. story. So I dare say the governor might well get a bit of curry about you know, what their views are with this house price boom continuing and what that means for affordability and what, what can be done about it. And of course, Core Logic comes out and will update us with the July growth in house prices as well. Yes, that'll be before the RBA governor's appearance. And look, we, we do know from their daily house price series that it's going to be an increase of around about 1.5% for the month of July. Sydney, probably top of the pops with a with a monthly increase of 2%, an annualised rate of you know, around about 20%. So Sydney's strong. But even, even the weakest capital cities like Perth are still growing at 10, 12, 13% in annual terms. So yeah. you know, those numbers will just put you know, fuel on the fire of this, uh, this raging housing market. Well, I think it'll be interesting this week because there's a few other numbers around job ads, building approvals, the the retail spending as well, just whether or not we start to see uh, the steam coming out of the market because, as you said earlier on in, in the discussion, all the numbers have had been so good until the Sydney lockdown, but job ads should be reflected on that. Building approvals, not so much the lockdown, but the home builder stimulus fades. 
So the numbers this week might not be quite as good as we've seen. Yeah, there's a good reason to think that, yes, the monthly scorecard on a couple of these indicators will be a bit weaker. Job ads you know, are probably going to be down in Sydney right now. No one's you know, putting up the for higher signals in their windows at the moment. So they'll, pro- they'll probably come down a little bit. And we do know that the building approvals numbers have already been weakening for the last couple of months will probably weaken a little bit further. Those very positive stimulatory measures from federal and state governments for home builder very successful. We saw a really big surge in uh, new dwelling approvals late 2020 in the early part of 2021. So they're probably down just on that reason, not not anything to do with the uh, lockdowns that are occurring, although they won't help. And retail spending, we know from the preliminary numbers, they were minus 1.8 in June. No reason to think that number is going to be revised all that much, but we do get the June quarter retail sales numbers, which feeds into the June quarter GDP numbers, which come out in another few weeks. Uh, Again, they're likely to be pretty soft. So maybe some of this good news on the economy that we've been speaking about is just starting to show up in a couple of these monthly indicators. And international trade, another big one? Oh, another fabulous surplus. Look, 12, 13 billion for the month for the international trade surplus. You know, iron ore prices, even though they came off a little bit towards the end of last week, just under 200 US dollars a tonne, are still really high. And of course, the interesting thing is that the um, coking coal and other coal prices are booming right now. The supply apparently globally has been restricted and that's seeing the these prices feed into Australian exports. So we're going to get an absolutely stonking trade surplus, probably a new record, well above $10 billion for one month. Stephen, enjoy your week. Thanks, Sean. That was economist Stephen Kukulis, better known as The Kook. You can find him at thekook.com and follow him on Twitter using the handle The Kook. That's T-H-E-K-O-U-K. I'm Sean Aylmer and this is Fear and Greed, The Week Ahead. 